Welcome to Galway International Arts Festival's Vinyl Arts Series. I'm your host, Tiernan Henry, and I'm delighted to welcome you to this podcast episode. In this series, we get to sit down with festival artists and musicians to discuss the soundtrack of their lives. You can listen back to all episodes via giaf.ie or find Vinyl Hours on any podcast platform. Well, welcome to First Thought, a podcast by Galway International Arts Festival. I'm Tiernan Henry, host of the festival's Vinyl Hours. And Vinyl Hours is a series of conversations with artists and creatives tracing a musical journey through the soundtrack of their lives. Tom Waits reckons that songs are just interesting things to be doing with the air, and on Vinyl Hours, we think talking about them isn't too shabby either, and even if it is only a little bit of bravado. You'll be able to listen to the full playlist on Galway International Arts Festival's Spotify page, and if you like what you hear, please consider making a donation to Galway International Arts Festival, a non-profit organisation bringing the arts to people in Ireland and around the world head to giaf.ie and click donate. Today's guest is Anna Malarkey and Anna is a composer and a performer. She's currently working with Brew Theatre. She's made music for documentaries and for theatre companies. She plays with My Fellow Sponges and Big Jelly and she also performs under her own name and she released her debut album last year and it's a gorgeous collection of songs so if you don't have it please buy it immediately. But for today, we're here to talk about some of the songs, tunes and music that moves her. So without further ado, enjoy Vinyl Hours with Anna Malarkey. Anna, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, it's lovely to be here. Thanks, Tiernan. Delighted. You're welcome. And yeah, so listen, um, it's a fascinating, distinctive list of songs that you've given us. And it's a real invitation um, into what your, you know, makes up your musical headspace, I guess. And um and I, and I suppose it, what I really like about this list of stuff that you sent is it's really eclectic, but it's bookended by two completely and utterly distinctive voices. They're entirely different, but they're so distinctive, I think, as well. And I think particularly when I when I listen to your album, um, I go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> I can see, <laughs> I can see, you know, and not 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 copying, but just the influence of the the spirit. Let's put it that way. And, we, you know, people will get to listen to the tunes anyway themselves. Um, so thank you so much for doing this. It's lovely to talk to you again. My pleasure, Tiernan. Great to be here. Good. Great. So I suppose we jump right in. And um, your first choice is from 2004. And I remember looking at this, of course, again, is how many of these songs are um, not bang up to date, but they're timeless, I guess, is one way of looking at these things. The dates don't really matter all that much. And it's from Bjork's fifth album. And it's almost entirely made up of layers and layers and layers of voices. And I remember there's a great quote that she said about it at the time when it came out, is that it's folk music without any folk musicians attached. So it's all about the voices, I guess. Um, and the song is Submarine. So we'll play a little bit of Submarine. So the song Anna chose was a submarine. So tell us about Bjork, Anna, and you, you and yeah. Bjork, or Bjork and you. <laughs> well, if I'm to be honest, I actually discovered Bjork through my older sister, Mia. So Mia would have been listening to Bjork and I would have kind of heard outside the door, who's this that she's listening to? And uh, that was when I was 
yeah, I think I was fairly young, like um, preteen, you know, and right. Yeah, I just I was just blown away by the sounds that Bjork was making and like never heard anything like it ever. And I just feel like she she seems to be able to push the boundaries of music in yeah. everything she does. Like it's even her new work now. It's like, you know, it's, you know, different time signatures. The keys are interesting. The instrumentation, it's always an exploration it's never she's never just like I always feel like she's really trying to create as much truth from herself as she possibly can and it's just so beautiful yeah and just and I suppose like you said there you you know you, you probably found her through your sister was there a lot of music in the house like were you hearing a lot of things anyway when you were growing up yeah definitely um like my dad would have always had music on when he was cooking food and we would have all just sat in the kitchen listening to like Johnny Cash and like other like um Jethro Tull uh okay. yeah <laughs> love Jethro Tull <laughs> uh if I could put more music on Jethro Tull would be there um yeah, so we, we would have like all sat there and listened to a lot of music. And then I definitely discovered music from my older sister as well, as she, yeah. as I would kind of just try to figure out what she was doing. Little younger sister, you know, yeah. copying the older sister when you're young. Yeah. But I suppose I, I always think that, that a lot of the stuff that you hear sort of in your teens um, or probably just like you were saying you're probably just preteen you know but a lot of the stuff I think that you hear is that around then almost becomes part of your DNA in a way um because you, you immerse yourself so fully in it and because you can because that's what you can do when you're you know 12 13 14 15 you can completely give yourself to a, a piece of music or a song or an album or or a CD or whatever and it just you know 10 years later, 20 years later, when you, when you go, oh, yeah, I can still sing every single note of everything on that, you know. And I know all when the cymbals come in or when the piano comes in, all those things, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, the formative years, like, you know, it's yeah. it's uh, pretty amazing how much it affects your later life, like, you know, yeah. Yeah. and the interests yeah. you have and... Uh, would have listened to a lot of Tchaikovsky as well. That's another person who is not on the list. Um, but yeah, spent a lot of time listening to the Nutcracker. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. and, and like just total immersion, as you're saying, like, and you don't yeah. have this, you know, concept of like to-do lists. <laughs> you're yeah. just, you're young and you're you're completely in it, which is so wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's actually what we work, what we strive for as adults is actually to get that again, to be so totally immersed and at one with something yeah. is uh, something we work on. Like, yeah. And I suppose the other great thing as well, because you can certainly see that with Bjork and, you know, with Tchaikovsky as well. When you think about that at an early age, you're fearless as well as a child because it's just new, you know, so you don't feel, oh, I can't listen to this because it's classical music or I, I can't listen to this because it's awkward pop or it's, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> You just, you just you just sit there and absorb it and yeah go mm -hmm, yeah no problem so I mean it's a lovely thing I think to be to be exposed to that kind of um, in a way it's like the democracy of music in a way you know that it's there for everyone if you can 
and 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 it it affects everyone completely differently. But it's entirely democratic in lots of ways as well, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that there's a movie called Fantasia, uh, which is like that cartoon with classical music by Disney. Mm. And what's wonderful is you know, we we loved that when we were growing up. We watched that a lot, and it's great because it's like really accessible it makes Stravinsky's Rite of Spring something that you can actually connect with and it's not this scary music you know I think without sometimes some of that music is a bit intense um at a young age but something like Fantasia really lets children engage with it yeah. I think in in such a such a wondrous way so yeah I think mm. that definitely helped the the classical journey yeah great yeah. and it's and I suppose just kind of carrying on in a way because your second choice is uh, it might be I suppose kind of a, people might think of it as a bit of a body swerve if you want but it makes perfect sense as well like the, there's no voices in this it's a tune but there's no voices in it but the music itself it's entirely alive and it's giddy and and it's in Galway so that's the road west from Martin O'Connor and that's from 2001 and obviously Martin O'Connor is really well known in Galway he was in Skylark Midnight Well in Dedanon as well and the boys of the lock obviously but there's also another connection with Anna yeah, <laughs> to tell us about you uh, and Martin so Martin was uh my neighbor when I was growing up and it was you know pretty amazing like getting to see some of these tunes like while he was writing them we'd be at his house and we'd have the opportunity to to hear some of these tunes and uh he's a very very wonderful uh person and his family are just wonderful they're just the o'connors are just fabulous people um and kira is actually on uh the album playing fiddle and cello and she does it Fabulously and amazingly and amazing, amazingly. <laughs> There's a new word. That's a terrible word. Anna. That's the title of the second <laughs> album right there. Amazingly. Nestle as well. It's not just Leslie, it's like Nestle. Um yeah, so Kira is on the album and I'm just a big fan of the O'Connors. I just think they're amazing. And living beside Morteen was really inspiring. And you know, I don't try to something I really would love to get a lot more of. And I just really respect and love it. I think it's got a got a soul of its own. Um and I think Morteen carries that in a way that's really still it's old but it's new because he fuses you know baroque music in he fuses other genres into it where it is fundamentally traditional but it has these elements that can kind of sway you in another way and yeah the road west is just definitely one of my favorite albums of all time yeah yeah and and again i mean you know i think people might go oh bjork to march and o'connor and i think it it's as i said i think it's this lovely mix of there's a huge amount of freeness in in both of those tunes that you've picked um and a, and a huge amount of space as well and and i guess then just w- w- when you were growing up then you know with kind of you're listening to music in the house and you're in and out of next door and out next door in and out of your place we what, what were you were you playing or were you learning to play instruments at that stage yeah i was actually learning to play the piano now, I didn't, at a young age, I didn't uh, care for it. <laughs> I was like, whatever. <laughs> I just want to play outside. Um, so my discipline in the instrument did not come until I was 
a young teenager. Um, but I was lucky. I mean, it's great, you know, to have even not if you're not interested and you're young and you're just doing the half hour a week, it's still more than not doing it. So yeah, I'm grateful yeah. for it. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it, uh, I was learning the piano, but we weren't, wasn't learning trad, but I just, I mean, it was just really great to hear it. I think, uh, listening is probably the most, what, what I would consider one of the most valuable skills of a musician, uh, yeah. or a composer because you're, you're just engaging, you know? And I think, you know, some of the best musicians that I know, are just great listeners <laughs> like you know that's you know Morchin is taking in he I, I feel like the road west is the road west you know my really good friend Sive she listens to this album as she's going out to Boffin and she's on the road west and it's like true you're driving and you're you're looking outside and you're like yeah Morchin has prop you know he's articulated what it is to drive the road west and to to really listen to it and you can you can feel that and I suppose, like, I suppose that's exactly like, you know, when, when people talk about aspects of classical music where, you know, like say even like some, something like the Nutcracker, you listen to music and you go, yes, that's exactly what it is. Or, or, you know, even the Rite of Spring, where you think of some aspects, you think that's exactly what yeah. birds, those are the sounds that birds make, or that's exactly the yeah. way they move, you know. So picking up, I suppose, I suppose it's reflecting, isn't it, rhythms of life, you know, those kind of whatever the rhythms are around us you know yeah and I, I, like, lo- I love that because you are you are I suppose reflecting and listening you know mm. and I think uh yeah Morchin does this in spades in that yeah, album yeah. where he reflects this sort of sort of I feel like it's very there's like an autumnal uh, vibe to this particular song I, I can just see like the shades of autumn and yeah. but they're actually it's the burn you know it's like you're driving yeah. past and you can see these colors or you know it's it's the rugged <laughs> landscape of Connemara like yeah 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 lovely lovely okay well we go on um because otherwise I think this could go on for about eight hours if they but if you if you were talking about kind of autumnal, I think the the, the next one is definitely kind of late nights and summers. You know, um, are definitely warm weather. This is from nineteen ninety eight, and it's um, Nicholas Godin and Jean Benoit Dunkel formed the band Air in nineteen ninety five, and their debut album came out in nineteen ninety eight. And you've picked Talisman uh, from the album, and um, there's a lovely balance here in Talisman of this kind of gorgeous melody that is woozy and then there's this slightly off-kilter keyboard, but also kind of has a Bond villain kind of aspect to it as well. <laughs> so what is Bond. it about Air yeah. then? What is it about Air and and particularly this track that, that it attracted you, I guess, you know? I'll tell you what. When, I'll tell you what now. <laughs> so when I was like, <laughs> just bringing out the costume. Um... <laughs> <laughs> when I talk about air uh, I actually I remember listening to 07 and I think 07 was how I got onto air I love 07 um, amazing music there's so much amazing music uh, but that was kind of like the bridge into air I don't know how maybe it was like some algorithm that brought me onto them um, on YouTube uh, pre-Spotify um, yeah they're just I mean, the mixing, the blend, the instrumentation, 
the song structure, like it's, I think it's definitely one of the best albums that I've ever listened to in my life. And yeah. it's just so balanced. Like, like I think you, you said that, like it has this, you know, it does, it goes and it sways up and down and it's the way they move and just the use of synthesizers in it. Like it's a, it's like a masterclass in synthesis. Like they just, they know what they're doing. Like they understand synth, they understand how to blend them. Yeah. Uh, and I think I like about it as well. It's so unhurried. It just feels like it's happening, yeah. you know, so there's no yeah. force in it at all. And you kind of think when it's over, you think, how long was that? Was that two hours or was that, you know, three minutes or whatever it is, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does have it. It's like um, timeless. You're, mm. you're stepping into, you're stepping into space, like, but it's like a whole different space. It's sci-fi, but it's not fully sci-fi. Like it's still earthy, you know, it's not, it's grounded music. And it, but yet it, it's very ethereal. It has such a great blend. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And then, um, because it's kind of interesting because I, I, I had a piece, I had a little quote written here is just because I, your first choices that, that, and I suppose what certainly listening to your album as well, I always think this about your album is that every, those first ones, so Bjork and Marching and um, Air and from your album, there's these you've created and the others have created these landscapes of sound so you know they almost and coming from my i'm a a geologist so i think it kind of this in topography and shape and three dimensions but i remember that that. kieran carson you know kieran carson wrote this framing of landscape of irish tunes and he was talking specifically of say irish tunes but he, he he conjured up these images of maps and guides as a way of approaching it so he just said like every every tune is almost its own landscape and you might come in on this road, but someone else might come in on a completely separate road, but it's the same tune. So everyone will have a different perspective on it, even though the tune is, necess- you know, the same thing. And I suppose in a way, what I'm getting with this is where your next choice is, your next choice is by someone who made these astonishing um, musical maps, which is Philip Glass. So how did you get to Philip Glass? So Philip Glass... Uh, I was very fortunate to have an amazing piano teacher, Elena Gecker, who really took me under her wing and nourished my skills so much. Like she was an incredible teacher. And I think the value of her teaching, her teachings was just, yeah, it it's made, made me who I am, to be honest. Mm. Um, and I remember I started getting interested in composition and I was about maybe 16 or 17, probably 16 and I showed her some pieces that I had composed on the piano and she really wanted to nurture that she really wanted to like help me understand what I was doing and maybe help inspire me so she gave me Steve Reich on trains and Philip Glass the hours two CDs and (laughs) I forced my family to sit and listen to those CDs with me Uh, they had no choice but it, it was you know amazing uh and absolutely love Steve Reich as well really really love him um but listening to the hours kind of was a game changer for me I think like uh Philip Glass's music it you know it felt like yeah okay I'm listening to it's like Tchaikovsky you know you can hear I feel like the, the the harmony in Tchaikovsky it's like this modern development from what classical music 
was into where we are now you know like talking about that reflection and the listening I think Philip Glass does that in spades where he reflects what a modern society is but through sound you know and Aquinas Scotty is a great example of that where he has a blend of like just amazing instrumentation reflecting on the flux of life and how it changes and the pace we're in um and so yeah listening to the hours really got to me it really affected me and I really wanted to to learn everything I could uh about Philip Glass and I found it very hard to listen to anything else for about a year um and read Mrs Dalloway couldn't watch the hours until I read Mrs Dalloway listened to the soundtrack and was very pedantic about it and uh yeah I suppose I wanted to learn like what was his process how did he get there how did he write this music and what was he reflecting in this movie um yeah so that was that was yeah Philip Glass my my journey with him will never end he's great love him yeah it's it's kind of brought up a couple of things I suppose um, you can you um, there's a, a concept in um, education theory uh, called threshold concepts and it, I struggled with this for a long time and then I fi- you figure it out and what they say is that whatever there's something that you're learning or doing or engaging with and then it's it's almost like a penny drops moment but you will it, it, and it might be a concept and it might I would say it sounds like this for you with Philip Glass with music it, once you once you accept or uh, c- take on this new thing, it completely changes absolutely everything about the way you listen. So your world, you go through a gateway essentially, and your world will never be the same again. You know, um, but it completely and utterly changes the way you think about whatever the thing is. So it could be about music or it could, you know or, or education. But I think I like I really like the idea. Because I think sometimes these you do hear it, I think, with music or, or with books or with films, I think, where you go and you go, ah, right, this is entirely for me. And this makes perfect sense to me. And I think it opens new vistas and opens new ways of listening to things, probably, and, and thinking about things. Which leads me on to a question. You said you'd started composing when you were sort of in your mid-teens. And, and I suppose that's, you know, I'm always fascinated by this, and I think there's it, it takes a huge amount of confidence, I think, um, and bravery in a way. You know, I would I would say, you know, to, to to write a piece and then to show it to someone else, even if it is only something that's in development. But but when you're composing or when you were, do you see the thing in its, in its entirety? Or can you can you see oh. it in your head, or can you hear it in your head in its entirety before you? figure out how to make it if if that makes sense does that make sense yeah it does it does sometimes not all the time so I think like for I feel like if I'm composing for like theater or film or documentary I think it's easier to see the bigger picture because you're kind of being asked to see the bigger picture and that's you know I'm like cool I, I can do that you know like that's that's great <laughs> thanks very much and you're given a concept you're given the characters you're given you know you're, you're given so much so you're not blind going in you're you're actually able to see okay well that character has this sound the instrumentation will be you know it's like you're, you're sort of given the spectrum to see so it's easier to see when it's work like that solo creativity where I'm writing maybe from the heart or from I don't know, some other concept, who knows? Uh, It is a little bit harder to see the full picture. Maybe 
and I also don't want to I think I prefer working a little bit blind because you're trying to figure it out you know I'd prefer in that context to not try to oversee you know not try to see the big picture before I work I like that little bit of little bit of like how do we get here because that's kind of the fun part of it um but yeah it kind of depends uh which which way I'm working yeah okay and then I suppose for your own stuff then when when do you know when to stop and I, I mean I don't mean that in a bad way but you know if you're composing yeah. a piece I mean I play guitar but it's very limited so I know exactly when to stop because my ability stops <laughs> you know? so so that's my concern but if you're say composing for different instruments or um um or, or, or for different moods like it, it um just how does that work I guess I, you know that's I'm I'm, re- I'm just really curious to see how how how, you, how your process works yeah um I suppose like let's say so I did work for a show called After Love which was such a joy and I got to compose for piano and harp and they're short pieces you know they're each of them I'd say nothing goes over two minutes because they're very kind of classical or neoclassical and those pieces it's very clear to me when to finish you know and it might be similar to trad you might have an ABA structure or you know little variations on that so you have your intro and that intro might be the end as well with a mild variation and then you have your your middle you know if those pieces are very clear it's very clear to me when to end um the electronic stuff is uh, who knows you just kind of feel it out <laughs> like is this the end I don't know <laughs> like um but at least with with work for like um documentaries or theater you're sort of told when to end which is fantastic I love that very much so that helps a lot to kind of go cool that's that's actually it that's that's all they need because that's following what they they already have done so that's very clear and then yeah I think like I feel like the track Thou's Them All like honestly I would very happily keep going like with that I'd actually love to make it really long (laughs) and just like you know keep going but then like you know for let's say yeah for live you know you might improvise so the ending I, I, I think it's all about feeling like how do you how do you feel right now <laughs> like that's the kind of question you're like do you want to end <laughs> yes okay yeah. let's finish so and, yeah. I mean that makes perfect sense as well because I, I know I've, I've you know I've read a lot of stuff say but the way Bob Dylan works in studios and he always just sort of says well whatever the album is what you're listening to the album is what we caught that day or that moment um and he said that was a huge amount of what you're hearing is what I was feeling at that moment not even just what I was playing but what was going on in my head if I'd recorded yeah. that two days later, it might sound completely different because my head might have been in a completely different place, you know. So I suppose yeah, you're, 100%. and I suppose you, you know, you, you know, you 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 gain confidence as you gain skills, and you know, you go through as you say, you go through these processes of you know working in form more formal structures where you're kind of said, well, you know, the piece needs to be X minutes long, and it needs to reflect these things that are happening on screen or on stage. So. I suppose it's 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 becoming part. I suppose it's the skills of your practice, isn't it, or the skills of the art? Yeah, yeah, and definitely. Uh, I suppose listening to yourself as well, like mm-hmm. as much as listening to what you're being told, is 
you know there, there I think there's always that balance as well of like are you happy with it because if it's not feeling authentic like I can't fully change that like I can't go completely out of what I believe is authentic do you yeah. know like I wouldn't want to I, I would always want it to be as close to what I think authentic is so yeah it's a conversation okay. Yeah. yeah, I suppose. And I suppose it goes back to like what you're saying. It's it's it reflects. It's a reflection of your reflection as well. So, I suppose. You, and again, if I suppose if you're going to play it live, you want to be comfortable playing it live instead of going. Oh, I really don't like this. <laughs> I don't think I got this yeah. right. Or, you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Cool. Right. Well, we go on because um, your your next track is I I just love this because uh, I knew nothing about it. I had to go and look it up when you told me it's um it it's Swedish siblings Karen and Olaf Dreyer I think it is and it, it, the the band or the group is the Knife and they specialize in eighties influenced electronic music and the the track you've picked which is great fun is Heartbeats. So can you tell us about this? your connection to this yeah. oh man the knife are so great like with i lived in sweden for a year and okay. uh got to listen to some awesome swedish music you know um yeah the knife are just i mean fever ray is also amazing she has her solo work post the knife um you know, hopefully the knife will come back i know that they're you know on a on a break I think at the moment I don't know uh but this particular song is actually a cover from Jose Gonzalez uh Heartbeat which is stunning and it I think it's just the way they make it they, they have this way of like blending light and dark like that the music actually has this kind of dark element to it but it's really fun and yeah. then her singing is just catchy and interesting and she has a really interesting voice that kind of really makes you listen to her I feel like you just you kind of just want to stop what you're doing and listen because it's so good yeah. yeah yeah and I think I think the light and dark is an interesting one because I think I think when you listen to stuff either from the 80s or that's very heavily influenced say by that kind of sound from the 80s in a way, the music itself was quite almost binary. You know, it was the electronics were, you know, this was when stuff was just being developed and people were really just pushing and learning how to use it and learning to get all these sounds. So you got these really dramatic pop songs. And I think partially it was because people were just learning. They said, okay, what can this thing do when we plug it in and turn it on and start hitting it? What noises will it make? And I think the... There's such a joy, I think, about a lot of this music as well. But because of the electronic thing, sometimes you can kind of get this, you know, people talk, oh, it's kind of cold. But I think what it does is it offers you that sort of, you know, the warmth and, you know, the the cool maybe is a better way of looking at it than than clinically cold. But you're right. I mean, it's it's there's a really nice mix of things in there. Um, and it's great fun, you know. So much fun. Like, yeah, if I want to feel good I just listen to the knife but it's feeling good you know without it being very happy which I yeah. like yeah. you know which you do there's like it's it's fast it's got a lot of really fun rhythms it's you know 808 it's got definitely a bit of 303 
I could just say say numbers that are synthesizers because <laughs> they're awesome. Um, and so, but when you were when when you were in Sweden, were you, were you sort of teenage, kind of ish, or? No, I was twenty one, um, and I was doing my Erasmus. So, uh, yeah, it was it was really great. I actually bought bought a piano when I was there, um, wow. which was amazing. Bertha was her name, and. Uh, she uh cost 200 euro i was very lucky two weeks in to my move a, a friend of mine said anna there's a poster there for piano for sale you should get it and yeah uh it was a great year of uh playing piano <laughs> and living in sweden yeah. A, yeah an acoustic piano was it or yeah yeah an acoustic piano i drove my uh neighbor's mental yeah <laughs> <laughs> they didn't uh they weren't very happy with me but uh i per- i persisted <laughs> oh cool and uh, did, did the piano stay in sweden or did the piano come back no piano stayed in sweden i gave it to my friend yeah but that's the kind of music tradition isn't it that you hand on instruments isn't that a really nice musical tradition that the instrument keeps going but in, in through different hands you know so yeah yeah no definitely yeah oh class that's really good Okay, that, that's a lovely story, but I, and I suppose that's because you're you're a little bit older as well. So maybe were, were you do you do you feel that you were were you more confident? Do you think by you know sort of early twenties in terms of your composition, or were you still sort of in the kind of soaking everything up phase? Oh, I was definitely in the soaking everything up phase for sure. I mean, gee, sometimes I think I'm just still there. I don't know. There's just so much to soak up. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. I. De- but I. I mean, it was only really when I was 23 when I started to go. Oh no, actually, I think this is probably what I want to do as a career. Yeah. Uh. You know. And then it was. It took a while to like develop the skill sets and the yeah. the understanding and the technology as well. So. Yeah. And and just you know on that kind of career sort of choice or career decision um like how, how difficult or, or you know how, how how do you create that pathway or find that pathway to sort of say well this is what I'd like to do is it is it like being sort of in a band and just sort of saying well this is you know we'll, we'll try and you know get a single out or get a song out and play but for, for composition um is it more complicated you know like do you have to have a body of work that you create in by yourself before you take it to play or to, to to show to people or for people to listen to yeah I think it is really important to have that I was very lucky because my sister Mia is a director and she was you know beginning her journey as I was and we worked together and we still work together a lot um, so I had opportunities early on to actually compose two visuals which was great and I think you know, it, it it didn't matter about being paid or not. That's kind of not the relevance when you're beginning at all. You yeah. kind of want to get your money elsewhere because you have to develop very specific skills that take a long time. Um, and I was, yeah, I was great. I was very fortunate to actually have that opportunity um, repeatedly with her where I got to understand how to put scores to how to put sounds together and how to use uh software because that's like slow you know that's mm. a 
you know, yeah, instruments are also very, they take a long time, you know, and so, so does electronics and software and all those skills that are essential to produce scores or soundscapes or uh, soundtracks. So and yeah, is that like, sorry, no, and just like, you know, when you, when you said that, you know, when you're a little bit younger and your piano teacher, you showed some of your stuff to the piano teacher and she really encouraged you. Were you getting um, sort of formal sort of structured training or, or uh, in composition or around composition or was this stuff that you just doing you're largely doing yourself yeah I was I mean the the only formal training was with my piano teacher who uh she did help me understand you know what key I was writing in and yeah. what the time signature was and but no I wasn't getting any formal it was more I think I was probably trying to mirror what I was listening to as much as I could yeah within the capabilities I had yeah yeah wow fair play to you (laughs) (laughs) okay we'll go on because it's just I'm I'm just conscious of the time as well and um but your your uh your next song is is Lisa Lisa Hannigan's song and Lisa I think we've said this before she seems to have been around forever and I don't mean that in a bad way you know she just seems to have been here forever you know and um she Certainly about 20 years ago, she when she started out, she was working with, with Damien Rice. And since about 2007 or 2008, she's kind of been out on her own. And um, your, your, your choice is, is from 2008. It's Keep It All is the song. It's from the the, the Seesaw album, excuse me. So, um, so what is it about Lisa? that are you know her songwriting or her her voice or whatever what is it about this song in particular that you like well this song I love how upbeat it is and it's kind of different from the other songs in the album it has like this nice kind of drum pattern that's repeated and the video is great she's gone around electric picnic I think and it just has a real it has a real vibe to it it's really just fun and it's yeah, I don't like, I just, yeah, her voice is just so stunning. And I actually got to see her playing at Beyond the Pale last year. And like, you know, she's just, she's just really interesting. Everything she does. I just love what she does. You know, she, she was playing, it was, I think she was just singing with, she had like um, four singers with her and they were doing this kind of acapella and it's just wonderful, you know. She keeps it fresh and interesting, and keep it all is is very fun. And it's yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's kind of light, but it still has a lot of weight to it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think you know, it's a, and I think what's right, what I think has just been brilliant in Ireland over the last twenty years is this the flowering of different types of. Of, of voices and bands and musicians you know that it isn't just sort of and I don't mean that in a negative way it isn't just sort of the singer songwriter traditionally you know with the guitar the, the notion of what a singer songwriter ha- can be has been pushed so far you know the boundaries have been pushed so wide and I think there's again it'll kind of be reflected in your, your next choice a little bit as well but and, and the capability of what you can do either with the voice and with some simple instrumentation or very complicated instrumentation. I think it, it, the landscape is really, really interesting. I think that, you know, and for me as a listener, it's brilliant because you hear all this really good new music, you know, and it's lovely. I think you're right about Lisa, that 
she every album and everything you just think wow where'd that come from and she works with really interesting people and and there's always i also what i love is there's so much space in the music um it never feels particularly you know it doesn't feel overly cluttered even the upbeat stuff you just think yeah it's just right you know so yeah the balance is is mm. fairly sublime she's yeah. really really yeah. great at you know working and collaborating with people to create uh, sonic universes that are just like accurate they're just like yes yeah. that is all very <laughs> perfect yeah. yeah and i mean because your your next choice is is the declan o'rourke song and it's it talk you know talking about sublime here this is um it, it's it's a, it's a it's a fabulous piece of music and then song i guess you know um I don't quite know how you describe it, um, but it's really worth. If anyone has does listen to Spotify playlist, please listen to this the whole way through and give your time, you know sit down for this, you know. So, um, so, so it, it's it's marrying the sea until death us to part. It, um, and so, what can you tell us about this or your reaction to it or what it means to you? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> this song I feel like is it's like Shanos and it's got this folk folklore element where you know as all Irish you know on on in Ireland it's a small island we're surrounded by the sea and to, to a large extent we're married to the sea and historically we were very much married to the sea we you know our bread and butter came from it our sense of self comes from it you know um and we have a lot of mythical mythology around it and I think this song pays homage to all of that you know it's it says yeah I I I would marry you you know and I love you and you are the bringer of life here you know and it's it's got a an emotionality to it that isn't overstated and I think but it's so evident you know it's it, it's really a slow beautiful homage to i think who we are yeah it's a beautiful song yeah. i love it so much and what i it's just yeah we, it, it, it's a fabulous thing that please give people give you give yourself time to listen to it because i think we'll get on to your last choice which is a great way to finish um and i think i said at the start it, it you've you've bookended your choice with two really distinctive personalities and really distinctive voices and you've picked Johnny Cash um and uh you it's I see a darkness it's from one of the American albums I think America too American too I think it is they um and I and I know obviously you were saying Johnny Cash is part of your growing up but Maybe you want to just, could you talk a little bit about that aspect of it, but also then maybe your reactions, always because this is a much more recent Johnny Cash iteration. Yeah, I mean, there's so many beautiful Johnny Cash songs. It's actually kind of hard to pick which one to kind of put down. Uh, but yeah, I guess he's raw and he's honest. And I love that he's, human he's so human he doesn't hide from it he's not trying to be I don't know like <laughs> he's not trying to be anyone because he's just he can't he can only be himself and I think that's what comes out I think uh, it's it's just like raw honesty about his experience of the world 
but yeah. done through the absolute beautiful talent of uh, songwriting and guitar playing and his voice is is so rich and dark and I just yeah he just we I was very lucky to grow up listening to Johnny Cash um I think he's yeah I feel like he's he's almost like a shanky like he's like he's like this the teller of truths like you know yeah Yeah. and I think again certainly with you know with these American albums you just think he took all these songs you know by you know Depeche Mode and you know Nick Cave and Will Oldham in this case and just he made them completely and utterly his own and yet and I know obviously this is him working with Rick Rubin but you know to a large extent it's really just him and the guitar with you know some instrumentation around it but the focus really is just on his on the voice isn't it you know yeah I think it it makes it actually easy to hear the words I actually when I listen to music I find it very difficult to hear words they just kind of I can only hear melody I just words are very I have to have them written in front of me otherwise I'm like I don't know what this is about whereas with Johnny Cash I can actually hear his words because right up there (laughs) there yeah you're just like okay thank you yeah and um how do you find writing words then like how do you find you know i mean um you know you're back in windows do you write the words first or the music or do you write the music first and then the words or does it all (laughs) or does it just (laughs) change you know so yeah it kind of goes between all of it but i think the the next project that or the next album i work on i think i'm gonna work with people to write with me uh because yeah I think I prefer focusing on on sounds but I think I can't help it sometimes the the purging of words happens and you can't foresee that so I'm just you know uh you have to allow allow a bit of space for that one (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you can't help it and then sometimes yeah you want to sit down and think about okay like what does that mean and then you have to edit it but yeah I would I think I'd love to yeah work collaborate with with uh, writers moving forward for sure yeah great good well listen um Anna this has been a, a lot of fun and um <laughs> uh, I quite happily chat to you all day and we can just listen to music all day and whatever you know but I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing your music and your musical choices with us and you know some of the stories as well and um and just good luck with everything in the future. So thank you so much. Thank you, It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for this episode. For more episodes, visit giaf.ie or find Vine Lars on any podcast platform. Vine Lars is part of First Thought Talks, a series produced in association with University of Galway.